Hello, everyone. Welcome into Living Liberty Today. I'm your host, Charlie Earle. This is episode 57, entitled Unraveling. Yes, that's what happens when you grab a loose thread in a sweater or something like that and pull on it. It unravels. And in some some respects, we're seeing that in our society and our nation today. We'll go into that a little more uh, in detail as as we go on. Got a couple of articles I want to share with you today. Uh, the first one from Rogue Economics, and it says our theme this week is how the masses get the Afghan treatment from their own corrupt elite. How do they cheat thee? Let us count the ways. Schools that don't teach, wars that can't be won, regulations, rules, standards, licenses, controls, restrictions, and punishments, and most important, fake money. That makes the rich richer and everybody else poorer. And that's just the beginning. I would recommend that you read Road Economics and get some insight on your own, but uh the schools that can't teach and the government that can't govern uh, are two items we're going to discuss a little later today. Then I'd like to recommend also Bill Bonner's diary and his subject for this latest one is work. Said some people work for wages, some work for pleasure, some just work out of habit and some don't work at all. In today's America, fewer and fewer people are working. The labor force participation rate has been going down for the last 20 years. And last year, more than 100 million households earned so little money, they owed no income tax. And um, he got the details from CNBC that more than 100 million U.S. households, or 61% of all taxpayers, paid no federal income taxes last year. The pandemic and federal stimulus led to a huge spike in the number of Americans who either owed no federal income tax or received tax credits from the government. According to the Urban Brookings Tax Policy Center, 107 million households owed no income taxes in 2020, up from 76 million, or 44% of all taxpayers, just the year before. The share of Americans who pay zero income taxes is expected to stay high at around 57% this year, according to the Tax Policy Center. Going on and quoting Bill Bonner, This means that the 2020 election and America's politics generally were decided by people who are supported by the government, not by those who support it. Yes, it is the leisure class, those who consume wealth, not those who create it, that are calling the shots now. And um, I think that's a valid observation. We've achieved what the progressives had wanted their dream, where the vast, uh, I should say, a majority of the people are relying on government largesse uh, to get by on a day-to-day basis, and thus they're going to continue voting 
for those who would keep uh, those handy checks coming in, even though uh, non-productive people are a drag on the economy, which means that the overall capacity of the economy to provide the money needed to sustain uh, their level of living is going to diminish as time goes on. And so what you have is you'll be printing more money by the feds, more worthless money, and that in turn will lead to inflation, which means that the amount of money that people are getting who are on the government dole will have less value, and they will become disgruntled and angry when they find out that their little pittance from the government doesn't do as much as it formerly did. I think the whole nation is going to be facing a crisis center economically going forward as, you know, just given this fact, Hurricane Ida uh, shut down a lot of production and things in the Gulf area uh, is going to have an impact, a delayed impact on the whole economy across the nation. And once they start firing back up uh, these various industries and so forth, they're going to be behind the eight ball again. Obviously, shipping in the Delta area was affected by it. And uh, we don't know yet what impact long term that's going to have. But we know our transportation uh, system is breaking down. We don't have enough uh well, we've got all kinds of ships sitting out off of the east or west coast harbors waiting to be unloaded as the uh, various uh, longshore groups out there are on a slowdown or shorthanded or what have you, a number of reasons going on. So we've got a lot of ships sitting out at sea ready to be unloaded. Then we have difficulty with the trucking industry being shorthanded. They don't have enough drivers, uh, capable drivers to do the hauling from, you know, wherever points the distance that they go. Uh, we have in this economy and this society, we have a strong reliance on the trucking industry. And right now uh, they're hurting and so are we. And uh, they've got more jobs available to them than they can handle. And so they have difficulty uh, shipping things out and getting them to us on a timely basis. And so that's really distorting what the whole e local economy is like in various places. Because if you don't have the product, you can't sell it. And if you can't sell it, then your sales go down. And the fact that it's sitting out there somewhere waiting to be shipped uh, is a critical factor. Now, add to that that if you're a supplier, a vendor, a producer, and you're having difficulty shipping your product from your warehouse or wherever to various places around the country, you have to slow down production because you can't get the product out. So you've got to lay off people or, or cut back or downsize, do whatever you have to do to limit your production to match your availability of getting it to the marketplace. You can't afford to produce a lot of items, whether they be perishables or non-perishables, only to have them sitting in a warehouse somewhere. 
I mean, we see evidence of that to a degree with all the various vehicles, uh, cars and trucks that are sitting unable to ship because of the fact that they have chips that they need to to get uh, to make them functional, to make them able to be sold. So all across the economy at various stages and various levels, we have pressure points that are all being challenged. And it, it's going to be difficult to see how we come through this in a smooth and orderly manner. It's going to be fitful, stops and starts, uh, bounty and, and uh, scarcity going back and forth as we go through the economy going forward. Just going to be a nightmare. Now I'd like to talk about the, the great thing that's looming over all this. First of all, there was the Afghan fiasco where, uh, where we've abandoned or at least left behind uh, certain Americas and so forth in that very abrupt uh, overnight change that uh, the U.S. forces had where they just basically packed up their suitcase and left town and said, you know, sayonara, sucker. So we still have some Americans over there. We still have some of the interpreters who helped us over there, while at the same time some of the people they brought in have terrorist ties and are downright uh, taking advantage of children and so forth. So there's no real vetting process going on. It's a, it's a clown show. And I've got to say, uh, without being partisan, because I'm not a Republican, but without being partisan, this Biden administration has proven to be incompetent uh, beyond all imagination. On the other hand, I just wonder how much of it is true incompetence. Uh, maybe it's just nefarious. Uh, I suspect that the people in the levers of, that hold the levers of power have no concern about you or me or individual people out here in the, in the country. They just care about themselves and getting, getting another buck or two and, and, making sure that they hold on to power. Nevertheless, it, it is really a disappointment to me. I, I, I didn't expect a lot of good to come out of this administration, but I sure as hell didn't expect it to be as incompetent and as awful as it has been so far. Now, let's go on to something sort of related to the administration uh, the overall administration, after all, they're encouraging uh, people to get the vaccines. Uh, actually, they're inoculations, but they're encouraging people to get those and at the same time encouraging mask wearing. Uh, they've implied from time to time they may introduce an, a national mask mandate, which will go over like a, excuse the language, but it'll go over like a fart in church. Uh, there's lots of resistance going on out there. Now, it's pockets of resistance. It's not a broad resistance. Uh, I suspect a lot of people are resisting simply by not wearing the mask or not getting the vaccine, just going about their lives, maybe not making any noise about it, but nevertheless uh, following their own, uh, their own wisdom in this case. But I find it encouraging that, 
in some of the school districts, people are challenging the school board about their mask mandates. It's always seemed crazy to me that a, that an eight-year-old third grader should be wearing a mask for six or eight hours a day. Number one, they don't. Uh, even though it's required, they may walk into the classroom with it, but they're screwing around with that thing all day long. That's the way they are. That's the way kids operate. They have more freedom than you and I have. We get it beat out of us by the time we're in high school. So um, I, I'm encouraged by the fact that the parents are standing up and opposing these school boards on their silly uh, mask mandates. And, and to me, that, that tells me that there is a, how do I put it, a seed, a, a mere a tentacle of resistance out there that may eventually blossom into real resistance to the silly mandates and things we have going on. And I, and I hope it transforms simply from a, a disagreement about mass into a necessity for liberty that they see that we've been losing our liberty and our freedoms time to time, and the mask is just a simple uh, example of that. The vaccine is another where requirements for that uh, are being opposed by various local unions, like hospital unions or nurses unions or firefighters and police, where I believe it was one of the cities in Oregon demanded that you be vaccinated to serve on the fire and police force and the unions are suing the governor Brown for that. And she's a tyrant. If, if you've ever seen one mild mannered, soft spoken tyrant. Anyway. Um, so I find this resistance refreshing. I just hope that underlying it beneath the requirements of that they're fighting is also a desire for liberty and to get away from tyranny. So anyway, just some some rays of hope going forward that maybe some people have finally realized that our freedom is in jeopardy. Well, that's Living Liberty for today. I'm your host, Charlie Earle. Remember, live free, be free, and stay free.